we were just talking last hour about immigration and worst case scenario, dot, dot, dot. There are a lot of people talking about or giving examples of a worst case scenario in a Trump presidency. There were people that were afraid that if they went to vote because of things posted online, that Trump supporters would intimidate them or even hurt them. Some people took some of the threats to mean violence. And there were people, I think Marky Mark, you even said, my executive producer, that were fearful if Hillary won that Trump supporters were going to become very violent and were going to attack especially minorities. Unfortunately, Donald Trump has won for those of us that do not buy into his rhetoric or like his ideas for America and feel America is great, needs to be greater, and his ideas will not do that to and for our nation and for our future. But there's a lot to talk about in this hour, so I, I really want to like you know get into and sink into the meat of it. We're going to break it down in uh, a couple of ways, and I have some questions to ask you. First of all, a lot of people say if Bernie Sanders had run against Trump, he would have won. Kurt Eichenwald, who I adore and who we've had on the program, actually broke that down and said not necessarily when he looked at this Trump train and this Trump movement. But Senator Bernie Sanders, many of you have read this and read about this, and many of you have even you know, seen the entire clip or pieces of this. Um, he stopped by the late show with Stephen Colbert. Discussing America's future now that Donald Trump is going to be our president, for those of you still in the denial phase. Senator Sanders actually had some positive things to say about Trump. But when Stephen Colbert asked him for a worst case scenario, Bernie's predictions were grim. Let's take a listen listen to the senator from the great state of Vermont, Bernie Sanders. The question is, what's the worst case scenario? I will tell you what the worst case <laughs> And keep it, not a keep, it, keep it light. It's late night TV. The worst case, if not Trump himself, people around Trump are saying, hmm, let's see, we got the House, the Senate, we got the White House, we're going to have the Supreme Court. We're going to change the rules of the game so that we don't lose anymore. They could make it even worse by doing away with all campaign finance laws so that somebody goes up to you and say, hey, Here's $500 million. You're running for the United States Senate from New Jersey. I own you. You work for me. Here's your script. They're going to move more fo- forward more vigorously in voter suppression, making it harder for poor people, for old people, for people of color to actually vote. What you do now is get involved heavily into the political process. When millions of people stand up and fight back, we will not be denied. Now- Now, I love what Senator Sanders said, but I have to say there were a lot of people that were posting today, and I'm with them, that he talked about voter suppression, he talked about the economy and things like that, but he didn't talk about, like, internment camps, ID cards, a Muslim ban. Uh, He didn't talk extensively about uh, ripping families apart and mass deportation. And some people say, well, that's just fear-mongering. Well, is it? It has been reported that there have been a number of hateful incidents, and when I say a number, I mean hundreds After the victory of Donald Trump, let me give you some examples. These have been confirmed and verified by more than one media outlet. In Michigan, middle school students chanting, build a wall, as their Latino classmates walked by. On a San Francisco Bay Area train, a woman called ugly, mean, evil little pig who was speaking a foreign language. In Los Angeles... A student was teased that she was going to be deported. 
And since the presidential election, reports of intimidating and aggressive incidents toward minorities and women have surfaced nationwide. According to the Southern Poverty Law Center, and by the way, for those that think that's a very left-leaning think tank, some do, the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, the ACLU, these are all organizations and media outlets that have received reports and police of such incidents, hateful rhetoric, actions, incidents. Now, the Southern Poverty Law Center monitors hate incidents, and they've recorded more than 300 such reports in the past six days. Spokesman Ryan Lenz says the two-way that uh, tells uh, two-way who actually uh, interviewed them, two-way as part of uh, NPR, um, that they span a number of different sorts of ideological motivators, anti-black, anti-immigrant, anti-Muslim, and anti-woman. Now, those are the four groups that uh, that, uh, Donald Trump insulted. Blacks, immigrants, Muslims, and women, and specifically Mexicans. But by the way, Mexican and immigrant to many in our country, especially less educated, which is Donald Trump's base, are synonymous. Now, after a long campaign in which various ideologies from the the radical right were given a direct conduit into the mainstream of American politics, Len said. It seems that with the election of President-elect Donald Trump that these ideologies and those who adhere to them feel that they are legitimized or authorized in some way to act out in the public space where previously they existed only online. Now, we've talked about this on the show. We've talked about has this racism, has this hatred, has this division been there? And Donald Trump opened the door and unleashed it, or did he fan the flames, or did he create it? I don't think he created it. I do think he legitimized it. I do think he green-lighted these people and their attitudes. The only other comparable moment in this country since the turn of the 20th century, by the way, was the flood of anti-Muslim incidents, and that was immediately after September 11th, he said. In the 60 Minutes interview, which we played portions of yesterday, Donald Trump talked about the widespread reports. Remember, we played that he was saddened. He called the reports terrible. He looked into the camera and told the perpetrators, stop it. Invited to bring this country together. Even said, if that helps, if that can help. But a major political appointment on Sunday is going to fuel further divisions, you would think. He tapped Stephen Bannon as his chief strategist. And Bannon has served as head of Breitbart News, a far-right media outlet that has been a platform for the so-called alt-right movement, which espouses white nationalism. I want to share something. And this is my experience and my opinion. So good luck to you lawyers. I work as a contributor on Fox News Channel, and I'm based in Los Angeles, and Andrew Breitbart was as well. I got to know Andrew, and I saw an evolution of Andrew. Now, Andrew was a nice person, a nice human being. Now, I know you don't believe that, some of you, but I did see a change. Now, I'm not saying that he is, but I... I definitely have heard and, and read numerous accounts of Stephen Bannon, even by Republicans, and Republicans I don't even fancy, some of which who have worked there, who said that this is a vile man. This is a man who choked his wife nearly to death. This is a man who is a white nationalist, that alt-right means that, and he's anti-Semitic. And I fear that he, he rubbed off on Andrew, and that Andrew started to feel some of these, and I agree with some of these sentiments from people around him like a Stephen Bannon. Now, the Southern Poverty Law Center says it has not been able to independently verify all of the recent reports. That they say it's worth noting, noting that some anti-immigrant and other bullying stories um, are spreading unchecked on social media. He said there are a growing number of confirmed investigations, though, into alleged harassment and hate crimes. Now, there was a girl 
who said her hijab was ripped off and she admitted she lied. However, there were other women that have been verified that their hijabs were ripped off, not girls, women. Now, let me give you an example. An Episcopal church in Silver Spring, Maryland, very diverse. They found racist graffiti scrawled in several spots prior to their services on Sunday, according to WAMU in the reporting. The message read, Trump Nation Whites Only. Reported, filmed, you saw it. Philly, the Anti-Defamation League, they said there were swastikas combined with pro-Trump graffiti discovered last Wednesday, the day after the election, on an abandoned storefront. Philadelphia, very, very large African-American community. Also, a lot of Jewish people in the Philadelphia area. Now, many of these reports are coming from schools and university campuses. At Minnesota's Maple Grove Senior High School, a bathroom stall was said to have been defaced with whites only, white America, and Trump, among others. And students say they now worry about going to class, according to a local CBS affiliate there. In a letter to parents, the school's principal said he was horrified and that it goes against everything for which their school stands. Well, I commend him for that. I saw a picture at a school, I think it was Lehigh, Pennsylvania, where they had two drinking fountains and one said whites only and one said blacks. Um, also, I know that here in California, we have seen even a girl who came back to her dorm room. She's a, she's American, but she's of Mexican descent. And her suite mate or dorm mate built a wall with stuff and said, you know, stay on your side. The wall is coming. Now, at San Diego State University, a student was walking in the stairwell of a parking structure. Two men confronted her and robbed her, according to the police. The men made comments about President-elect Trump and the Muslim community. Many school districts around the country are proactively providing support and counseling to students. Now imagine, our students, our, our kids are afraid of the boogeyman, and the boogeyman for many of them is our president-to-be. Kids need counseling over an election? What the hell? And many are trying to open dialogue in classrooms. Washington Post reported that Boston Public School Superintendent Tommy Chang, and I'm from Boston, said in a letter to parents that after the election, we must ensure that our students feel safe by providing safe and respectful learning communities. And so did the principal at my kids' school here in Southern Cal. In another letter sent the same day, Denver Public School Superintendent Tom Bosberg told parents, we encourage students, families, and educators to talk to create safe spaces where hopes, fears, and differences can be raised, spaces where we can challenge each other to reach common ground and issues that divide us. And a third grade teacher in Philly is responding by leading her students in anti-racist empowering affirmations. Uh, a reporter covered it at NPR, and uh, she, sa- she said the kids say, I can do anything I put my mind to. That's what they said in unison. And that video, by the way, has been viewed 3.2 million times. The teacher, Jasmine Wright, posted it on Facebook. She said, ultimately, it's up to students to face adversity and defeat it. But we lead the way. You know, these kids who are spreading this hate, They're getting it from somewhere. They're being taught from somewhere, and it's not all television. In Sacramento, California, Larry Ferlazzo, he has a lot of immigrants in his class, he said to write letters to the president, express their fears about the election. Um, Several of those notes were published by the Washington Post. During the election, some of the things you said made us feel really bad for myself and my family. It really made me cry. That's one student who is an American from Afghanistan. My family and I hope you will be nice and don't be racist and love us back out of the mouth of babes. So I ask you in this hour to join me. Because in order to move past denial and anger and get to a point of acceptance, we need to talk about our fears. What are your biggest fears with a Trump presidency, my fellow American? 
What are your biggest fears with a Trump presidency? 8886-Leslie, 888-653-7543. What can we do to fight them from becoming a reality? We can't, you know, can't just sit back, dudes. History taught us that. Oh, they're rounding up Japanese in our own country. Oh, they're rounding up the Jews. Seriously, you got to grow a spine and a set of balls, really. I'm sorry, you have to. What are your biggest fears with the Trump presidency? What can we do to fight them from becoming a reality? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Do white supremacists and other hate groups feel empowered now to lash out against minorities after this election of Trump? And the choice of white nationalist Steve Bannon as the White House chief strategist, does that fan those flames of hatred? Is Trump a vessel for their hatred? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Trump's calls for his supporters to stop it going to do anything? Remember, he openly called for violence against protesters at many of his rallies throughout the campaign. He said stop it, and even he said if that does any good. Ooh, such leadership. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. In the last hour, we talked to a a U.S. immigration law expert, and multiple people like that say because of the Immigration and Nationality Act of 1952, Trump nearly has unchecked authority to ban Muslims and any other groups of individuals from entering the country that he wants. Does this scare you? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. What effect would this have on our country, the perception of our country, the economy of our country, and quite frankly... Some of the greatest minds we've imported from other countries, some of which that would be banned under a Trump presidency. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Are you ashamed to be living here now where many of our citizens have to live in fear because of an administration, a man and the rest of the cronies coming forth that was elected into office? 888-6-LESLIE. And let me tell you something. Ivanka Trump, if you're listening to me, shame on you. My dad's Jewish. You're a Jewish convert. You know what happened to the Jewish people. How can you let a guy like Bannon work with your father? Shame on you and your husband. He's orthodox. Shame on you. Bernie Sanders said one of the worst case scenarios of a Trump presidency is that his administration makes it harder and nearly impossible for minorities, poor people, and old people to vote. What could this presidency do to our future elections? You think it's any? You think the mass deportation of people who, if become citizens, would vote Democrats as a coincidence? Think again, my friend. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Now, division aside, are you willing to give Donald Trump a chance as president? Why or why not? I was willing. The chance ended with two things. Wanting to overturn Roe v. Wade and appointing Steve Bannon. We're done. I'm Leslie Marshall coming to you right after this. 888-6-LESLIE, don't go away. Let's get to it. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. We started out with Paul in Washington, Line 3, listening to our stream via Spreaker, a division of iHeartRadio. Paul, good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. Hey. Uh, well, let me give you my uh, my rundown on, on the current situation here. First, I'll answer your question. What am I most afraid of of the incoming Trump administration? My biggest fear is that it will be embraced by apathetic acquiescence as it was in this election. Let me just give you some easy to understand numbers. So, Donald Trump turned out 59.5 million people uh, to vote for this racist, bigot, misogynist, moronic con man. 59.5% Republicans you know, there are only about 61 million of them. 50, sorry, 59.5 million out of 61 million 
is 97%. He turned out 97% of the Republican Party to vote for this guy. Well, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote with 59.7 million, uh, but lost the election. But 59.7 million, when you think about it, we know that there are 70 million Democrats out there who were willing to vote for Barack Obama in 2008. Okay, Paul, hold that thought. Hold that thought. we got to take a break. Come back to you and the rest of our callers. Hang on. 8886-Leslie's the number. We're back. I'm talking about what do you fear in a Trump America. We're going back to the calls. If you're holding, hang tight. 8886-Leslie, 888-653-7543. Paul in Washington's on line three. He was joining us. Uh, Thank you for holding, Paul. Please continue. Okay. I'll restate. My fear is that Trump will be embraced by apathetic acquiescence, as this was as was. And, and you were saying before the break that ninety-seven percent of Republicans embrace this, the Family Values Party, right? Oh well, yeah. Well, but yeah, and you have to look at this. Donald Trump lowered the bar for running for president. He never did release his tax returns. There was video of him talking misogynistically about grabbing women's genitals. None of this mattered to this to these people. These people, Donald Trump talks about making America great again. America was great because America was good. We're good people. These are not good people. But look what happened. Democrats turned out 59.7 million of what we know are 70 million Democrats who would vote for Barack Obama in 2008. 66 million would have voted, voted in 2012. Even that number would have blown this election out. 66 million Democrats would have blown this out if just those people would have showed up. But we have an apathy in the Democratic Party. Who are these people? I start to wonder, Leslie, I start to wonder, why the hell do I advocate for things that apparently the people that are supposed to benefit don't care about? Let me, let me talk. Workers' rights, unions, and higher wages, they voted for Trump. Uneducated working people voted for Trump. Okay? How about women? Uneducated women, Trump had a 26-point advantage. Uneducated women. Let me tell you something, Leslie. I don't need an abortion. I got fixed 30 years ago. I took care of all that on my own. Educated women, 27% advantage for Hillary, but there's not enough of those because we have a great mass of stupid out there. Okay, how about Black Lives Matter? Uh Uh-uh. No, they don't. You know why they don't? They don't vote. If you don't vote, you don't matter. Black turnout was down from 2012, which was down from 2008. And Trump got a higher percentage of the black vote than Romney did. Excuse me? And here's what happened. Democratic Party embraced Black Lives Matter. But what does Black Black Lives Matter is a terrible political organization. Not their message. Their political tactics. They don't make any friends. They get in everybody's face. They got in Bernie Sanders' face. They got in Hillary Clinton's face. So who would, whose friends do they make? Yet the Democratic Party got stuck with that, and that turned a lot of people off. You, you know, and Paul, between, uh, seriously, s- seriously, between Occupy Wall Street, Black Lives Matter, Bernie Sanders, Bernie or Bust, Revolution, and even the protests now, we're great at protesting. But after that the fact. That, right. It, after the fact, even before. 
that does not win elections and that does not create or change legislation. Paul, thank you for your passion. I love talking to you. Thank you for the call. Um, Let's continue uh, with more calls as well. And uh, we go next. Nino and Ithaca, you left us. Give us a buzz back. Let's go to Bashir in Charlottesville, Virginia. Line four, listening on 94.7 WPVC. Oh, Bashir, give us a call back. Next up is Connie in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Line five, listening on KTRC. Connie, good afternoon. Why is everybody calling and hanging up, and why isn't anybody telling me this, guys? Um, it just happened. Okay, well, listen, you've got you to have a, a little bit of patience. I'm giving everybody their time, and if you want your time, you've got to be patient with those. So give us a buzz back. Nino in Ithaca, Bashir in Charlottesville, Connie in Santa Fe, New Mexico, give us a buzz back. We go next to Joe in Oregon, listening on our stream as well, online too. Good afternoon, and when we finish with a call, you're cue to call through. Pick up the phone and join me. I know there are people out there who have a fear of a Donald Trump presidency. What is that fear uh, rooted in eight 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 six Leslie eight 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 six five three seven five four three Joe in Oregon. Joe, are you there? Yeah, I'm sorry. I was thinking about something. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I could talk about this stuff all day, and it doesn't matter which way I voted. You know, I'm I'm an I'm an older person. Um, I'm a I'm a combat vet, and I've seen a lot of the world, and and I don't. I don't understand, you know, the millennials and these people getting all upset. You know, Trump was voted for by by the the uh, the uh, most of America, and so you know, let's let's wait till he does something actually wrong. I mean, he never said anything about just deporting um, illegals. He was talking about people that were causing crimes and doing things like that, you know, and, and because of some... Um, actually, no, no, no. He originally had said that he was going to deport everybody. He was undocumented his first day in office, and they changed that. He did talk about a Muslim ban. He did talk about ID cards. And for somebody in the military who's lived throughout the world, have you ever talked to people that, um, you know, are still in Germany to this day reeling from what was done in World War II under Chancellor Hitler? Well, I, I, understand, I understand that, and I actually have relatives. I have one relative in particular that, that was that was there. I mean, he's still alive. But the, the point is, though, is that, is that you know, he, he can't, one man can't do all this. He's, he has to go through government. He has to go through different channels. He can't just go out and, and do all this, this stuff on his own. Yeah, that's how government works. You know? uh, no, no, but that's not true. We had an immigration specialist on in the first hour of this show, and there are many things uh, that a president actually can do without Congress and by means of executive order. Let me give you two examples, okay? He can ban Muslim nations from coming right. to the United States, um, which can hurt uh, the economy of the United States. He also can reverse executive orders, such as the children that came here with their parents – who, who right. as minors had no say and, and are either working in schools um, right now. And he could, you know, reverse that. And those children would be out of school, which to me is um, a recipe for disaster. If, well, if, you, if, you, if, you have, if you have children who are fearful and angry and you're not giving them an education and they're staying in, in the house, it's, it's going to become a powder keg. Well, I, I understand that. I understand that. But let me let me say one thing. If if, if our president decides to do that, I'll, I'll stand up for the kids. If he decides to do something really stupid, like how, how, how many people? About, how many people? No on, you know, how many? How many? Out. How many people do you think will stand up for the kids? 
I mean, quite a few, kids. quite a few that, that you don't hear about. There's there's a lot of veterans that if it comes down to push, you know, push and pull. You know, they're not going to let it happen. You know, we're the silent, we're the silent uh, uh, majority, as it were. We're the ones that are waiting to see what he's going to do. And if he does something wrong, uh, like that, or if he does something that's totally off the wall, we'll be there. To, we'll be there to stand up for these people. We'll be there to do what needs to be done. And I don't mean to help him. I mean, we'll stand up for the kids. We'll stand up for those families. You know, I have friends that are of, of Mexican um, background. I have friends that are of different backgrounds. And, and I've worked with people that were black, white, yellow, green, whatever they want to call themselves, you know, men and women. And if he decides to do things that are, are, that are against American values and actually starts, actually starts doing it, we'll be standing out there with them. We'll be defending them because that's wrong. But as far as right now, you know, we've had some presidents in our past that were real screw-ups from the get-go. But we didn't have people, you know, going out in the street and looting. And But wait a minute. And, we and have never had, like we have never had in our nation um, a president that was elected, and just hear me out, who had three wives, cheated on the first two, who had made such misogynistic comments and behaviors, grabbing the P word for a woman's vagina, who um, has uh, talked about over, we've talked people talking about overturning Roe v. Wade, but overturning his own opinion. I mean, Marla Maples wrote in her book when she was pregnant with Tiffany, the first thing he said is, I want you to get an abortion. In addition to that, he called Mexicans, not undocumented, uh, rapists and murderers. He blamed Muslims and demonized those people in the religion further and fanned the flames of hatred, which since 9-11 have been disproportionately, I feel, unfair to that segment of the population, um, and, right. talk, and talked about ID cards, even talked about and, 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 didn't, and didn't shut down not only a Muslim ban – and, and didn't just uh, talk, talk about um, uh, a Muslim ban and ID cards, but didn't shut down internment camps, uh, which, which I'm sorry, hello, hello, Holocaust 101. He mocked a disabled reporter. He mocked a disabled reporter and he banned members of the press and they're already banning members of the press. I can't. I can't even go on. He wanted, well, you know, uh, to to well, attack no, a no, former wait, president wait, as a rapist wait, when wait, he wait. has a, he has an allegation of rape by a 26 year old woman when she was 13 and has 13 sexual harassment uh, suits against him in one combined civil action lawsuit. The Gloria Allred is heading. Uh, he, I, I mean, just the things he has done. There are 75 open lawsuits. Trump University just being one of them. I mean, the list goes on. Not to mention what he's proposed to do to this country, including build a wall. I mean, when you see pictures of the Statue of Liberty crying, if she could speak, I think that's what she'd say. Well, I, I understand what you're saying, but, but I go back a ways. And, and there's a lot of us that do. And, and I can tell you for a fact that we've had presidents that weren't of the, of the greatest background. But you're talking... I'm you know, not talking... I'm not just... Background aside. Let's put the background aside. We have never had presidents, not even George W. Bush, who was president during, nine, after, during September 11th, okay, to his credit, okay... He did not demonize Muslims and talk about ID cards and things like that. He may not have been as uh, embracing of the Islamic world, perhaps, right. as Barack Obama, because he wasn't as intelligent on the Islamic world and knowledgeable about it um, and, and familiar with it. However, um, we have never 
had somebody with the white supremacist, racist, prejudicial, Islamophobic, sexist, uh, mocking of disabled, I don't even know what you put that under, just bigoted, hateful, spiteful, division, uh, or, or, you know, uh, uh, rhetoric that has come out of anybody's mouth since George Washington to present day. This is it. And let me tell you something. What scares me, I lost relatives in the Holocaust. And do you want to know why? Because they thought it was all rhetoric. And they thought he wouldn't have the power. And they well, thought uh, the world was listen, watching. Listen, I, and they thought I'm that not... people were better than that. And they were better than that. And their neighbors were better than that. But you know what happened? The people turned their backs, moved into their houses. And those that survived came home and said, hey, can I have my house back? And they shut the door on their face. Well, I understand that. And, and I understand, you know, and I'm, I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not totally pro-Trump. I'm, I'm not that way. I didn't like either one of them. And I have my reasons why, you know, and, and whatnot. I didn't like either one of them to be president. But the, the point is, though, is that he's been elected by, by most of America for whatever reason. So, you know, we should back him to a point. And like I said, there's a lot of us that are silent minority, I guess you call them, that are veterans, that are combat veterans, that if he turns around and starts doing the stupid shit that he, they talk, or excuse me, I'm sorry. It's okay, we'll dump that, stuff, don't worry. But thank you for apologizing. That, that, that he's going to do or he says he's going to do there's going to be some of us that are going to stand up but we're not going to be marching down the road we're not going to be doing the tearing things up like some of the people are doing now but we will stand up for those people that need um, someone to stand up for because when i took my oath i use myself as an example that's all i have at the moment i took an oath to protect not only our country against foreign but domestic and that means and they never took that, that away from me and I never signed off saying I won't do it anymore. And there's a lot of us that feel the same way. So if you know, if he if he starts screwing up and starts doing some of the stuff, hey, great. We'll yeah, but don't, didn't you also take a, an oath to follow the commands of your commander in chief? Who and Donald Trump will be that commander in chief? That the, the fact that this guy will have the nuclear codes—I mean, that scares the living bejesus out of me. But that's just said he doesn't have the codes. There's will. another person that carries it. It takes more than one button and one key. It, uh, it, it yes, it's two. I do, and, and thank God for our systems of checks and balances because okay, so I think he's a and, and, and like you just said, there are checks and balances, so he can get away with so much. But even even with his executive order, he has to go through a part of a part of government to procure the money or, or the backing to do what he wants to do. And and so there are checks and balances there in government, regardless if you voted for Clinton, you know, if she got in or or him or Bernie Sanders or whoever, you know, you voted for, whoever gets in office, there's they can it seems like they can do a lot. And they can. I understand that. But there are checks and balances in government. He can't turn us into a, a Hitler type country. He can't he can't do that. So okay. You say you say he can't office. do you say he can't do that, but no, I I I don't agree. And what concerns me is what our last caller said: ninety-seven percent of Republicans voted for him when he was saying a Muslim ban, when he was saying ID cards, and even internment camps was whispered, and it was uh, in nine eleven as well by Republicans. And the fact that Republicans tend to bend over. Uh, Democrats do it too. They all rally around their candidate, even if behind closed doors they go, oh, my God, I can't believe he was elected. I hate this man. Oh, what a wingnut. Uh, they will band together because for politicians, many, left and right, 
but especially the right from where I sit as a Democrat. They care more about their party than they do the people they serve. Well, I've been I've been Democrat for years. I'm just not, I wasn't big on Hillary because I know a lot of her background. There's a lot of things that that the Clinton machine did while I was in other countries where we could have taken care of a lot of things for the escalated, and they pulled us back. They said, "No, don't do it." Well, I appre- I appreciate you being honest, so, uh, but I got I got to say, um, you know, to me, if you hated both. She was the safer option, I believe, for the future of America, and I don't believe there'd be children crying and afraid, as I see in the state that I live in in California. Do call me again, though, I, I, uh, and, I, and uh, I thank you for your service to our country. Uh, thank you. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. When we come back, we'll come back to the calls holding. Don't go away. More to come. We are back. Let's go back uh, to the calls. We have a lot of them, and uh, let's go to Harry in Albuquerque, New Mexico, Oh, Harry, Harry dropped. Okay, let's go to Bashir in Charlottesville, Virginia. Line three, he is back listening on 94.7 WPVC. Uh, Bashir, thank you for calling us back. Good afternoon. What, what do Hi, you f- Leslie. Hi. What, Hi. Do you f- what do you fear? Hey, listen, you were talking about my biggest fear. You know, I liked what the previous speaker had to say. But there's one thing, one dimension we cannot forget about uh, the current uh, president-elect is that lack of responsibility. In other words, he doesn't care the consequence, whatever he says it does and does. I was listening to the president yesterday uh, during his press conference, and uh, I had some hope. You know, I said, okay, if the president says we have to give him a chance. But today, after reading uh, the uh, Huffington Post and some other media, there's, there's such a big uh, distance between what he says and what he does. His actions speaking like exactly the opposite. In other words, what I foresee, my biggest fear, is the reverse of all the progress we made under Obama, whether it's the environment, whether regulations. There's going to be a lot of deregulations, I can tell you, and I see a big deficit coming. Actually, even affected businesses. I mean, I can tell you in my town, which is a very booming town, um, like the last, uh, like Tuesdays and Wednesdays, usually it's full of people going to restaurants, and it has been a slowdown. And one of the things that scares the hell out of me today is the selection of Sarah Palin, and evil for the EPA. That scared me, scared me so much. I can't believe it. After all the progress we made in terms of environment, in terms of uh, I mean, climate change, and suddenly we put the people who are really, really against this kind of progress, and then they are in charge of regulating that. It scares the hell out of me. Okay, you're not alone. Thank, thank you, Bashir. You're welcome, dear. C- call us again. You have a good day. I'm uh, still listening. Take care. Okay, thank you. Uh, let's go to. I'm very confused. I got Harry block, uh, dumped. Harry, blah, blah, blah. Uh, let's go to George in Texas, line five, listening on iHeartRadio. If he's there, George, good afternoon. Yes, Leslie, how you doing? Um, good. You know what scares me about Trump is not so much Trump, but the people that follow him, our so called uh, leaders. You know, like when he was running, uh, McCain waited until. I mean, he insulted McCain, he insulted. Muslims, and he didn't really stop following him until he insulted women. So, you know, when he insulted the other people, that was okay. You know, so the same thing with uh, um, Cruz. You know, I'm from Texas. You know, Cruz is from Texas. Trump finally insulted his wife. He said, you know, Trump, you're a, you're a coward, whatever. He didn't endorse him. And then when he found out that uh, Trump was winning, he, he comes crawling back. You know, he insulted his wife worse than Trump did. You know, and McCain insulted, you know, all these groups worse than Trump did because of how they accepted it. 
until the last minute. It's a very good point, and, and people had brought that up in the past, right? That it's like, oh, you know, once he said, you know, bad things about, you know, women, you know, but what about the Mexicans? What about the Muslims? What about the disabled? Thank you for the call. And if you didn't get on, I'm so sorry. We'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will as well. I'm Leslie Marshall. Thank you to Mark and Andrew, my great crew, and all of you who make this show possible. Have a great afternoon or evening. <laughs>